You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. And we have a very interesting special guest on today. And I want to, as always, welcome Steve and Jim to the roundtable, the host and host of... With the most, I guess. That's bad. That's, that's, that, that's Steve. That's Steve. Okay. Most what? <laughs> but anyway, we're glad to have you all listening in today. And uh, be sure and remember that uh, this will be podcast. Uh, Monday, you'll be able to pick it up on our website or any of the uh, uh, podcast servers all across the country. So... Uh, it's a great pleasure to welcome to our roundtable, and uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, we've never had Tim on before, Tim McGraney, and uh, Tim's with M1 Concourse, and this is going to be a fascinating interview today. So, Tim, welcome to America's Web Radio. David, good morning. Thank you. Yes, welcome, Tim. It's Steve. How are you doing? Gentlemen, I am good this morning. Well, that's good to hear. You know, as this is something new to most people, or these kind of concepts are kind of new, take a few minutes and lay the groundwork as to what the facility is, what you guys do, what's involved, you know, sort of sort of what it's all about before we, we start getting into the, the, the particulars. Okay. So the M1 Concourse facility is, is located uh, in the city of Pontiac, outside Detroit, and it's right on Woodward Avenue. Um, Woodward Avenue's official designation is, is Michigan Highway M1, so that's where the, the M1 nomenclature came to in our name. So it is an 87-acre uh, property. It's for the most part triangular in configuration, and it comprises of a one-and-a-half-mile high-performance driving experience track um, uh, that, that is uh, in, in two sections of it is surrounded by private garage condos. Um, and, and what these are, these are uh, buildings that uh, M1 has built, so they're all youth uniform in their sort of look and feel. Uh, but then purchase of the garage condos then have the opportunity to sort of take the inside and, and turn it into, um, you know, what whatever they want from the sort of an, an automotive uh, place. So, you know, some of them have got them in sort of, you know, conservative. They store their cars there. They've got a couple of lifts. They've got some automobilia there. And on the other extreme, some of the owners have, have transformed them into, you know, sort of a complete, uh, you know, Taj Mahal automotive enthusiast <laughs> getaway. Um, so there's about 250 of those um, on property. We're just getting ready to, to finish up what is, is sort of phase five, which is the, the, the last of the buildings at the moment. Um, that, they have about 70% of those are sold out, and they will start being transferred over to their new owners um, you know, probably in the, the summer months. So by the end of the year, we anticipate that part of the project uh, being built. Uh, there is uh, also this year... Um, 
there is a brand new event center uh, which is being built uh, that is scheduled to be completed uh, for in time for our American Speed Festival in September. Um, this is about a 30,000 square foot facility that will encompass a, a restaurant that will be open to the public, um, an upper level bar and sky deck that overlooks the track, and obviously a, a meeting space that, that can be conformed into, you know, three different areas uh, that can be used by, you know, corporations, individual groups. Uh, but the beauty of the, the property or beauty of the events facility, it is right on pit lane. Um, so the building actually has, you know, four large, you know, architectural roll-up doors that allow cars that may be on display inside the event center for some type of presentation to be wheeled straight out um, and go straight out onto the track. So it, it lends itself to, you know, a very unique configuration of an event center uh, immediately adjacent to a private track. Go ahead. That That's... <laughs> That's a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm aw- I'm awestruck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, and, and we've got we've got more, we've got more to come in the next couple of years, but that'll probably get us through to the end of this year, from the facility point of view. Wow. Um, and then obviously, what we're doing this year is we've added uh, two feature events uh, that will be hosted by M1 Concourse. Uh, one of them in August. Uh, which ties in with the American Dream Cruise. Um, obviously, American Dream Cruise is sort of this, you know, American automotive institution that goes from downtown Pontiac, or excuse me, downtown Detroit, all the way up to Pontiac. Um, and, and literally, again, as, as we are located on Woodward Avenue, it's right on our doorstep. So we decided to create this event called American Dream Show, which uh, we look to to be an event that will allow maybe some of those more historic hot rods, custom cars, muscle cars, that are part of the, the, the legacy that, that made Woodward Avenue so legendary, uh, but because of their significance, you maybe wouldn't see out on the road these days because either the, you know, the, the owners are concerned of their care, their value. So we're going to put together a, a, a very uh, featured display of, of these unique, again, hot rods, muscle cars, uh, custom cars um, as part of the event. And it will be over three days. Um, the facility obviously lends itself to um, a sort of a more, I wouldn't say VIP experience, but certainly a, a, a more preferred experience uh, with you know our catering partners being able to provide a, a really unique display of, of sort of food and beverage opportunities. Uh, and just create, you know, our own epicenter at the Pontiac end of Woodward Avenue. So that's going to happen uh, in, in August. That, that's in, in, that's incredible. Again, is it open yeah. to the public? Is it open yeah. to the public? It, yeah. it is. It yeah. is. It's open to the public. So there'll be a, a Thursday evening. Um, actually, Thursday evening. So. Uh, it'll be open to the public and also those people with uh, cars that are participating in the display will actually have the opportunity to sort of drive or, or cruise, as, however, uh, the M1 circuit in the cars. Um, on Friday uh, and Saturday, there'll be, uh, you know, two static displays. Um, one of the things we're also reaching out to is, you know, the, the many car clubs that are located in the sort of, you know, Michigan area and beyond. If they've got uh, owners with very select cars that were allowing some of these car clubs to come in and, and participate with sort of a showcase of theirs, whether it's 
Mustang world or the Mopar world or the Corvette world or uh, that. So uh, we're looking to have, you know, a pretty spectacular uh, sort of static display that complements what's already going on on Woodward Avenue. You know, Tim, to, uh, from what you've described, just like uh, Jim said, it's awesome. And But the one thing I didn't hear you say anything about was the uh, irate wives holding pen. When the wife comes <laughs> running in and says, my husband's spending more time here than he is at home. And uh, <laughs> Well, I, I, I actually think, and I've had the opportunity to visit the, a, a few of the garages, not many, because obviously I haven't had been in my position long, but... Um, from, from, from what I see, uh, I think the, um, you know, whether it's the sort of the, the, the wives or the girlfriends, they're very much involved with the design of some of these interior spaces. That's um, good. That, yeah. That's, they're, yeah, they're yeah, certainly yeah. made up for um, uh, more, more than just a few guys hanging around kick, kicking car tires. Uh, well, let me ask, do, do you have any, uh, any uh, women runners? We, we do. We, and... Uh, so we do, um, and also in the motorsports club, we, we have some, some ladies that participate in, in the track days. Um, uh, there's a, sort of a, obviously a diversity in, in proficiency. And what we do for track members is that once a month during the summer months, we have um, a professional instructor come in. We have instructors on staff all the time, but we have uh, a former professional driver, a gentleman by the name of Johnny O'Connell, Yes, um, yeah, Corvette so driver. For, for GM's, you know, Corvette team, you know, very successfully for many years. So, so Johnny comes in and, and does this one-on-one coaching uh, with people in their cars, um, and that, that's become very popular with uh, the members. And again, you know, for all members, again, we've got a, a diversity in their skill sets. We've got some gentlemen that are proficient and, and are part of the, you know, Ferrari Challenge Group, and other people are basically, this is probably the first time they've been out on a... A, a track, you know, driven at a sort of a rate of speed that, you know, is with, with a competitive mindset. Do you think I could bring my 1909 Maxwell up there for a few quick, Ab- la- absolutely. quick, quick laps yeah. around the track? Oh, uh, 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 yeah, Tim, I want to warn you, he's a cheater. He's overboard. It, it's got big pistons yeah, and cylinders. Yeah, it's a four-cylinder, four-inch, two-cylinder now. It, it'll go about 30, we hope. Yeah. Downhill or up? <laughs> that be down, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that it, this is, I mean, I'm just awestruck by the whole operation you've put together there um do you have corporate sponsorship like uh chrysler or well stellantis now and uh gm or ford or do they do any active participation we do do have some sponsors at the moment so um you know the the champion brand you know under federal mogul um is our name sponsor uh, of the race circuit um so they've branded it to champion motor speedway um, they just renewed um, their partnership with us, and they've bought in some of, of some of their other brands. Um, Haggerty Insurance has, has been a corporate partner for a number of years, um, and and as we develop these new events, we're looking to expand that opportunity both in the automotive space um, and the non-endemic space, uh, because the events, as much as they're very much sort of automotive related, uh, they're also somewhat of a lifestyle experience. The American Speed Festival, probably more so of the two events. Um, that's going to happen the end of September. It's actually the sort of the weekends. That's the last few days of September, first few days of October this year. 
um, and it will be a sort of a three and a half day event. The first day, Thursday, is actually a driving tour where participants will leave M1 Concourse after a gathering. They will go over to uh, Ken Ligenfelder's collection, or Ken will give them sort of a, a, an in-depth tour of his place. Then they'll drive That'd over cool. to the Henry Ford, um, mm-hmm. and I believe it, they go to the Automotive Hall of Fame uh, first for a tour. Then they have lunch at the Henry Ford, and then they get sort of a behind-the-scenes tour of the, the Driven to Win exhibit that's going to be opening soon at the Henry Ford. That's the first day. Then actually at the track on Friday and on Saturday, uh, we've actually got on-track activities. Now, it's not wheel-to-wheel competition. Um, it's going to be either one-at-a-time timed runs or demonstration runs where you know a, a diverse selection of, of performance cars and race cars will go out there for the public to enjoy, but will be run you know, at speed. Um, some of the groups will, will go out sort of at staggered start. So maybe the, the vintage indie group um, who, who do this on sort of a regular basis at some of the feature tracks around the country. So they'll probably have more cars on track than maybe some of the other groups where they're actually, the owners are actually looking to do a timed run. So, um, you know, some people sort of know that format as sort of a hill climb. So if we had a hill, you know, it would be sort of a circular hill climb, but we have about a 30 foot elevation change. So we really can't call it that. Um, so we have 10 different classes of, of, of cars. Uh, that will be sort of, again, demonstrated timed runs during the course of Friday and Saturday. And what we may do on Friday is run in a clockwise direction, which is the traditional direction that the track is used, Uh, but also it's designed and it's configured that it can be run counterclockwise. So to make it interesting both for the spectators and also for the participants, on Saturday we may run in the counterclockwise direction. That's interesting. And then on the Sunday, um, uh, we don't have on-track activity in a competitive nature, uh, but we are going to have those cars that competed uh, on display as part of a inaugural sort of invitation car show. Uh, but then there'll be a number of additional classes where other cars will be invited. So looking to have a, a, a large car show that will be displayed around the track again for wow. guests to enjoy Tim, so Tim we're, we're going to take a break right quick and uh, we'll come right back with Tim McGrain after just a couple of messages so hang in there and Tim stay tuned Hi, this there is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. I've been our, my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, 
and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. And I want to remind everybody, when you call J.C. Taylor Insurance to get that insurance for your classic car or street rod, whatever, be sure and tell them that you heard about J.C. Taylor on America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. Uh, they need to know that uh, you're listening and... Uh, acting on it so with that being said let's get back to our guest tim mcgrain and uh, a very interesting m1 concourse yes <laughs> yeah quite a deal again I, the question i have is, is the public going to be invited to these two events you have and is there an in, is there a spectator fee or is it just show up and come and look if you want to so, uh, yes, both, both uh, the American Speed Festival event and the Woodward Dream Show are, are public events. Um, obviously, most of our operations are a private track, but these are going to be two of our, our feature public events that we're going to hold uh, during the year on an annual basis. Um, we also do a couple of other activities where the public are invited from May through October. Uh, we host a monthly uh, cars and coffee event, um, and those events are also open to the public. What uh, what effect, and you know, this is the question of everything. What effect has uh, COVID had on you? Well, obviously, in planning, you know, these, these events, where we're very cautious in, you know, the sort of the event layout. We, we are an open air facility. Obviously, our event center is is a, is a closed facility for the most part. The, the event is going to be sort of open air. Um, uh, you know, as as the whole world sort of proceeds this year on sort of a week-by-week, month-by-month basis. I think we're all cautiously looking at, you know, what one needs to do to make sure that, you know, we are both, you know, satisfying, you know, any regulations, but but also making it such that, you know, the, you know the participants, sponsors, um, visiting public, you know, have a comfort level um, that we're sort of taking care of what one needs to do in these days. I mean, you know, the calendar is, is still, or the motorsports calendar is, is still subject to change. I think the past few days, you know, it was announced that Le Mans 24 Hours is being moved to later in the year because that will give them an opportunity for fans to um, attend. Um, you know, obviously the impact that that has, it affects the sort of the IMSA race schedule here in North America. We had a uh, the um, the Corvette team had sort of a celebration uh, at M1 Concord yesterday for for their uh, sort of uh, team members. Um, maybe not the most visible, the ones, the guys that really work hard, and they all brought them out to obviously celebrate their their triumph earlier in the year at Daytona. Um, and they said, yeah, we were just we were just getting ready to ship the car to Europe for an event, and and we've had to sort of change everything because the calendar is still very much you know up in the air, but. But uh, hopefully in the next few months, uh, you know, North America and the States will sort of get to a position where the authorities allow us to sort of put these events on and everybody feels comfortable attending events. Tim, tell tell us about your uh, website and what information can be gathered by going to your website and what is your website. So we actually have three, uh, m1concourse.com, you know, obviously it's the master site for the facility, the garages, the event rental, track rentals. Um, and then the two events have, you know, their, their own end, uh, uh, 
website. So AmericanSpeedFestival.com will tell you all information about that event and then the Woodward Dream Show. Um, that will be the August event. So I should, should add something. You know, one of the things with American Speed Festival that we're extremely um, pleased that we were able to secure this year uh, was uh, the attendance of uh, Jim Hall, the, the legendary you know chaparral car designer sure. and builder and driver. Um, you know, those cars are as, as much about American Speed if, if any car is and. Uh, he has agreed to come out and be recognized as our inaugural Legends of Motorsports honoree. Um, so he'll be attending the Speed Festival along with uh, a couple of his, at least a couple of his cars coming out of the, uh, the museum in Midland, Texas, um, which, you know, I, I, wherever those cars show up and they don't come out very often, uh, they are always sort of a crowd favorite from that point of view. Um, and then the other part, which is also we're very pleased especially for our first year, you know, launching a first year event, you know, always has its inherent challenges and in trying to find its sort of, you know, place on the calendar is that on the Monday and the Wednesday of uh, leading into our event, that the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America out of Daytona, who have not been able to do their annual induction ceremonies uh, for their Hall of Famers, um, are actually going to bring... Uh, on the Monday, they'll be doing the dinner for the 2020 inductees at the at our event center. And on the Wednesday, they're going to do the dinner for the 2021 um, Hall of Fame inductees. Um, so that that just gives sort of a, another great addition to what's going to be a pretty spectacular week of, of automotive happenings um, with with some very very prominent um, you know motorsports uh, people in, in attendance with those two events. So that was a uh, we were very pleased that we were able to do it. They originally were based in the Detroit area, um, so they're sort of uh, s- somewhat making a, a return trip home while they haven't been able to do their events in Daytona the last two years. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, are are you planning to do any any sanctioned races at your facility, like SCCA or? Whatever is that in 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 your yeah. plans? No, that's not going to be possible. The the, the track was not designed for uh, competitive or, or sanctioned races. Um, it's uh, you know its configuration um, and, and specification would not make it such. Uh, it's it's thirty feet wide. Um, you know the, the 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 normal width for track at that level. You're looking at at least forty feet. Um, obviously, you know runoff areas and things like that. When you start getting under competitive conditions, you know bring in a whole sure. sort of new dynamic of what a track needs to be. So th- this is you know this is very much a again a, a high performance driving experience track as opposed to a, a race track. Okay, I just I, I just wonder now another thing I, I uh, I've been really involved for for years in two things and I'll I'll talk about one a little later. Uh, is uh, the antique and classic car hobby. I did SCCA a hundred years ago. Nope. And I'm, I'm, I'm losing you a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I did I did SCCA a long time ago. And the other thing okay. I've been involved in is antique and classic car hobby forever. Um, and we're we're uh, people in the different clubs like Antique Automobile Club, Horseless Carriage Club. Uh, Model A's, Model T, so on and so forth, are always looking for places to to hold one of their national events. 
Uh, is that something that you guys might be interested in? Because if you are, I can pass the word around to some of the people and say, you know, this is something you guys ought to yeah. look at to hold an AACA national meet. Uh, yeah, I'm actually losing the clarity of the call, so I'm not, not hearing your, your question very clearly. Sorry about that. Yeah, okay, better now? Uh, that's a little bit better, yes. Okay. Uh, I, I, quickly, I'll start again. I don't want to repeat everything, but I've been involved in... Can you hear me now well? Good? Yes. Okay. In the antique and classic car stuff, community. Yes. And all of these clubs, like AACA, Horseless Carriage, Model A Club, so on and so forth, they're always looking for locations to host their national national events, like a AACA national meet, which usually brings out three, four, five hundred cars. Uh, is that something that you guys might be interested in? And if so, I can pass the word around and say, you know, you might consider this location to host a national meet or something. Yeah. So, so the answer is, you know, uh, absolutely, we'd sort of entertain that. First of all, I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of uh, AACA and the horses carriage uh, group. I think, you know, th- those cars are wonderful, um, you know, especially when you start getting into the, 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 the big horsepower, uh, you know, the cars, um, you know, from, from that point of view. Uh, but I think that, you know, it's going to be important for us to, you know, explore all opportunities to make sure we engage with sort of a, a broad section of the um, sort of the automotive world, um, you know, whether it's from the contemporary era that we may have with supercars all the way up to sort of the brass era. Um, but I think that uh, I, I know it. In the future years of sort of American Speed Festival, I, I think I'm actually going to sort of reach out to some of the people I know in that world that that, that run some of the um, again those those you know high horsepower, big capacity uh, early cars because I think that would be a, a, an entertaining group um, on the track. But uh, so the answer to the answer to your question is you know yes we are going to and, and in addition to that obviously the the classic car world um, you know Kalamazoo is. Uh, you know, the classic CCCA sure. museum based out at sort of uh, in Kalamazoo, um, and there's certainly a significant number of members that have classic cars. So I think we're certainly going to explore that. And, and I think on the Sunday of American Speed Festival, that's going to give us the opportunity to reach out, especially in this first year, um, to sort of, again, a cross-section of car enthusiasts in car clubs um, to make a, you know, a really spectacular dis- display of, of cars, you know, from all eras. Well, all right, I'll uh, I'll mention it around a few of the people that I know because we're starting our touring season in a couple weeks, and you know yeah. I know a lot, and I'll I'll pass it around, and and maybe you can. Uh, uh, it's kind of late this year, but maybe next year somebody will yeah. come and and use your facility to host host something. Okay, you, absolutely. You mentioned the historic indie cars. Is that group going to be there this year, too? They, they are. We're, we're still working out the details. Um, it will probably be um, sort of the, the rear-engine categories, as opposed ah. to anything earlier than that this first year. Okay. Um, you know, the roadsters or, or even right. earlier than that. Um, but I think in this, this first year, it looks like we've got a, a pretty strong contingent of, of owners that run... Um, you know, historic indie cars that sort of go, you know, from the 60s even into sort of the, the, the 70s, maybe 
a couple in the early 80s. Right. Um, it's a very active group. There's a gentleman by the name of Mike Lashmet that heads up um, Vintage Indie Registry, and, and I've known Mike for a number of years. Um, and, uh, you know, they like going out and enjoying their cars, but also sharing them with the public. And, um, you know, and they make a good spectacle. And you, know, you get to the 60s and the 70s, and, and there was really some... Um, some revolutionary sort of technology or designs uh, that are always fun to see on the track when you when you look at that era of some of the cars that uh, you know were built to, to run at the 500. Yeah, so, Tim, we're, Tim, we're going to have to take another break, and uh, we'll be back with Tim McRain and. In just a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Hi, I'm Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, talking to you about antique car insurance. Uh, in this hobby uh, that I've been part of for years, not all insurance companies and insurance coverage is the same. I would suggest that you call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com to find out some information about some of the best antique car insurance you can get, such as agreed value. Uh, insurance for your classic car. Again, if you're when you get ready to to uh, insure your classic classic antique or even your street ride, call J C Taylor Insurance or visit jctaylor.com. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show, and our guest, Mr. Timothy McGrain. And uh, he's with M1 Concourse, and uh, this is... A, Fascinating, as far as I'm concerned. It, it is, and uh, it's it's an easy access. I used to call on truck and bus there years and years ago, back when Steve was uh, racing his Maxwell. <laughs> hey, Tim. Yes. Um, the Harry Miller Club has a meet in Milwaukee every year in July, and I don't know if you're familiar with that group, but they cover the whole spectrum even the 60s and 70s cars, but most of the stuff is, is roadsters yeah. and back. Uh, I, I, I've never been fortunate to attend that event. I, I'm certainly familiar. You know, the right. at Milwaukee, I think, is yes. sort of one of those yes. that's, legacy that's, events. Yep, um, that's it. A good, good friend of mine, I think, sort of heads up that group or is the, um, sort of the leader for the Dana Meekham, who's yes. very passionate about, um, you know, Millers, but... Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's certainly a, a group that we, we're going to explore for sort of you know future years. Um, I think it's you know ho- hopefully th- these groups are, are you know looking for opportunities to run some of these you know great historic cars in an environment where you know, obviously the owners in- enjoy themselves and it's not inexpensive to take any of these cars out at any time but obviously provide an environment where they get to enjoy the cars and people get to you know sort of see them run. 
Yeah, and it's that that is a wonderful event. I haven't been in the last couple of years, but uh, yeah, I really you know, enjoy um, it. You know, one of the good things, um, you know, in addition to like we talked about the vintage vintage registry, but you know, the, the the NASCAR world or the historic NASCAR world have got sort of a couple of groups that are um, sort of leading the charge when it comes to you know coordinating opportunities for some of these great historic cars that are now being restored uh but also authenticated and you know, there's certainly a number of cars out there that you know maybe you know aren't, aren't what they started like but i think there's a number of people now that um sort of are, are looking at these cars they, they're getting them restored to run um and uh you know they're looking sort of for opportunities um the Trans Am Group have been been very uh, sort of organized. They run a lot on the, the West Coast. Yes, uh, When yes. I was at Laguna Seca, you know, we had them there more than a few times, and, and they put on a great show. Um, so, that, you know, there are opportunities, and uh, hopefully American Speed Festival will be a, a, an event that will allow more of these cars to come out and, again, not necessarily race competitively against each other, but sort of demonstrated in an environment where the, you know, the, the cars get to be seen, you know, running, which is obviously, um, you know, what a lot of us like to see. It's nice to see them, you know, at any time, whether it's static or not, but it's even better to see them run. Yes. Or yes. more importantly, hear them run. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's nothing like a 917 Porsche to hear that run. So, well, I think I would put an Offenhauser ahead of that. Would you? Yes. Well, okay. <laughs> you can have your Offie. <laughs> Tim, what's your favorite car? Well, um, <laughs> that's a loaded question. What are your no, favorite it, cars? It, it's not, and, and I'll get the long way around to answering it. I, I have been extremely fortunate during my career uh, to, to sort of have some responsibilities where they've been uh, sort of custodians of, of some great collections. You know, I spent a couple of times at the Black Hawk Collection in Northern California. Yes, we truly had some spectacular cars there. Um, from from all areas, mostly um, sort of pre-war classics, you know, late twenties, early thirties, um, and then fifties and sixties, you know, sports and sports race cars. Um, so so I've got to sort of enjoy a lot of cars. Um, you know, sometimes you you like a car and then you go to drive it and it doesn't drive quite as well as you'd hoped or you wanted it to, and maybe it doesn't. You know, it goes from being what was your favorite to your least favorite if it plays up on you. Um, but I think if there is, and a couple of times we would have these. Your sort of top 10 list or top 6 list and we would invite some guests over to do a speaker series and we'd ask each of them you know if you had you know what would your top 6 cars be of all time and, and we get some interesting responses and one time one of our speakers turned it on me and he said okay what's your top 6 and he sort of once he caught me off guard but um, I, I think if there was one car out there um, that, that you had you know it's okay you, you just get one it would be the Aston Martin DBR1, which, you know, is probably most notable for its 1959 Le Mans 24-hour victory with Shelby and Salvadori. Right. Um, it's actually a, sort of a 1957 car. Um, mm-hmm. But I think since since I've been, you know, sort of a schoolboy, uh, obviously a schoolboy in England, you know, the Aston Martin mark is, is one that's sort of a legacy one. So... Um, both, both with its, its sort of its bond association, but obviously its racing association. So that that Aston Martin DBR1 is is probably one of the you know the the, the best looking cars. That, that that would be my take home one. 
Okay. Is that the one where the ejection seat and the hubcaps no, come no, out? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. 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 That's a DB5. <laughs> that's the, the race-going version. Or a, DB4. stunning design and, and a stunning car. And obviously, uh, in 1959, it's... Uh, it won Le Mans and the World Championship, so um, you know that that's that you know for, from my boyhood years that that's that's still the car that's sort of top of the list. Excellent. That that's a great choice. That would would be I guess there'd have to be an Aston Martin in my six. I'm not sure which one because I like the 214 and 250. One of the challenges of, of doing any of these listings is not the cars you choose, it's the cars you have to leave off. And you just <laughs> yes. Oh, you know. Yeah. Well, you, know, you have to so pick. You've you got 100 choices and you've got to come up with a top 10. It's like, ah. Yeah. yeah but you have to pick cars that you could possibly own. I could never own that car. Well, nobody can. Well, see, so, I, you know, you have to pick cars that well, you, could, uh, you right. could own or drive. We'll, we'll, we'll cla- all right, let's classify this. What car could you own and drive, Tim, that you would like? <laughs> Hello? That's... Tim, did you pass out? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Try to think. I'd have to... Um, it would have to be a, a, a classic era car. I, I just think that I mean the, the cars that w- that we have to choose from these days. Um, you know, they make them so well at, at all levels. Yes. You, you know, you you know you you, you can buy a you know a Mustang with eight hundred horsepower, which, which seems insane. But then you get to the, the the upper end of the sort of the, the supercar or luxury cars, and, and the cars are, are so exquisite that they do everything so well. Um, but there is something about that that sort of hands-on experience with driving. Maybe not quite as hands-on as a, as a Maxwell. I, I don't know whether that quite would be. <laughs> it's not driving. It's it's called wishing. <laughs> yeah. You know, a friend of mine always jokes. He says, he says you, you know why people with early British cars never get in the car and do the seatbelt up? is because they never know if it's going to start, and they need to get back out and do something to it. <laughs> oh, that's not true. I've had British cars forever. <laughs> no, yeah, but it's... Uh, but it is. It, it, it's an experience, you know. You you are you are driving them. Yes, yes. Visual yeah. experience. Yeah. But there would be, uh, as opposed to sort of riding in it. And believe me, I'm all about comfort. Um, but uh, no, I think it, it would it would be some some early classic. Um, you know, I like sports cars, but but I also uh, it's fun when you enjoy that and you've got you know four people or you've got a car full of people. I, I always always like it when you see at some of these major shows and a, a car's very fortunate to receive award and and it goes across the award ramps and the car's full of people. If it's got four seats or you can fit six people, it's it. It's not just you know one person driving up. I think that's all about you know the shared experience with with big big old cars. Well, yeah, that's sort of true, but the. Best bad thing about like my Maxwell and my 1910 car is it does only seat two people but the good thing about yeah. that car is on tours it only seats two people <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. yeah but unless it's a big horsepower car the little ones won't go anywhere well, I wish I could get those people with the big Stevens to get out of my way in the Model T because they're slow holding me up yeah oh yeah. well that's okay that's interesting um well, who would you? What would you pick? Quick, me? Yeah, uh, 
portal-bodied Tabolago 150SS. Could you afford that car? Oh, hell no. Well, then, I mean, a real car. I'd pick oh, an MGB. I would pick you? an MGB. Well, all right. I, I'll, I'll take my Morgan, plus four. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, I... I all right, I want to get you thinking about something before we go on break. One of the things that has always been a premise on this show is to advance the hobby with trying to get younger people involved at all kinds of different levels, whether it's at school or when Horses Carriage had that program, take a kid for a ride, uh, take a kid to a car show, all of this kind of stuff. Are, are you in your facility have do have or having plans to try to to make the younger set more conscious of what has been our lifelong passion everybody in here their their lifelong passion I, I lost a bit of that question but I got the sort of the, the sense of it obviously it, it's it's into the gauging you know, sort of uh, younger people or, or youth in, in, in car culture. Uh, yes. I've got the sort of sense of your question. Yeah. I, I think that is, is, is important for all of us that are in any aspect of, of the car world at, at all levels. Um, you know, you can see auto manufacturers in the last few years where, um, you know, they're somewhat challenged. You know, it, it's not a rite of passage for young people as it used to be to immediately get their driver's license as soon as they can. Um, you know, that was... That was your freedom to be able to sort of get in the car and and and, and go off and, and and do your own thing by by being able to get have a driver's license and get a car. And, um, I think for for all the younger people, you know, their windshield, you know, our, the windshield of the car was for us is the screen on their iPhone. That's their freedom <laughs> nowadays. So it's going to be very important, as uh, again at, at all levels uh, of. of people in the automotive world, whether you're in the, you know, the, the world of automotive manufacturer, but certainly from a, a passionate and hobby, is to engage you know, younger people and their passion for cars. And, uh, and, and that changes. I mean, I look at the cars that I liked when I was young. They're certainly significantly different than, than what I like now. Um, I was, uh, when I was at the Black Hawk Museum, you know, we, like a lot of places, sort of used the cars and coffee platformers to create this sort of community event. Um, it, it took off. Uh, it was extremely successful. We were very pleased with it. Uh, but one of the important things that we told our team is that um, it's as important for us to, to sort of be welcoming to, you know, the owner of a car that's maybe a, a great classic car or a modern day sports car as it is to the teenager with a, you know, sort of a, a project car that maybe isn't finished, um, you know, or or it's a you know a, a Ford Focus or one of the import cars, uh, because you know that that culture at all levels is going to be important for you know to keep the the, the automotive industry or the automotive hobby uh, alive. Um, you know, especially with uh, sort of the the, the change in in regulations that, you know, I, I hope in the future doesn't sort of strangle the, the, the classic car hobby or the car hobby, uh, but, but certainly we've got to make sure that uh, younger people are engaged. And if they've got a passion, we give them the opportunity to develop that passion, but, but also introduces cross-generational appreciation for cars. Um, you know, when we do events like a Cars and Coffee, it's very important. I, I feel it's very important to um, not separate the cars where you put, okay, we've got, you know, the exotic cars over here and, and the, 
the imports over here, uh, but make it such that you know they're engaged together. Um, because I think uh, cross-generational appreciation for uh, sort of the different cars and why people like what they like that that's as, as much important as the passion, the individual p- passion that people have for cars, um, and that's how. <clears throat> Younger people are going to get engaged and, and find out, you know, the the world of brass cars or the world of classic cars. Um, but but also for us to understand. I mean, you know, I, I think you know our parents probably looked at the hot rod culture. You know, with I know my mum looked at some of the cars that that, that, that that my friends were involved with and was absolutely just mortified. Yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah, Tim. Tim, what do you all do uh, to get get the word out about your events and about uh, your facility on a day in and day out basis? So you know, we have um, obviously we're very fortunate. We've got uh, uh, some, some great people on the team, um, sort of in, in our marketing and PR world. Uh, again, you know, being new events, you know, we're, we're out there trying to sort of uh, you know sort of become sort of aware in what obviously is a a very busy world of of events Um, uh, we've got sort of an active you know marketing program for both events the Woodward Dream Show is uh, we're working closely with uh, the the people that put on uh, the Autorama Show you know the big show that's coming up soon in in downtown Detroit Um, uh, and obviously that show is supported by um, you know, it's, it's a number of the, you know, Michigan State Hot Rod Clubs, so that's going to be good in that respect. For the American Speed Festival, you know, we're, we're making those, you know, outreaches to, you know, those different areas uh, in, in the car world that have the types of cars we're looking to, uh, you know, fill the classes. Um, and then just getting the word out, you know, as much as, you know, it, it's, a, it's a busy world out there with our events and news cycles and all this type of stuff. We're also very fortunate that we have, you know, all the various social media platforms that allow us, you know, to get the, sort of the word out. Well, you keep, uh, or you mentioned a couple of times Woodward. Uh, which Woodward is that? The Dream Cruise. I, I missed yeah. the Dream early part of that question. Yeah. Okay, uh, like we know Woodward down here is Coca-Cola. Oh, no, 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 no. This yeah. is Michigan. This is Michigan. Woodward yeah. Avenue. It's Woodward a, Avenue. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, yeah. 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 I didn't know who, which, yeah. uh, what it was named after. I don't know. I mean, it's been Woodward Avenue. Yeah, and they have a huge car event every year with yeah. thousands so, of cars coming. Yeah, it's, it's M1. So I, don't, I don't profess to be a, a, a Michigan historian by any stretch of the imagination, but I did ask somebody what Woodward was named after, and, and they didn't know us, so I looked it up. So, you know, first of all, Woodward Avenue is, is part of as, as M1 Highway. Uh, was actually the very first highway in the United States that had any section of it paved. Um, this was back in uh, the teens. I, I don't know. It was nineteen. I think it was around nineteen thirteen. So, so as uh, you know, as they were starting to sort of you know map out Michigan, um, and it was named after a, a local judge who worked on the program called uh, Augustus B. Woodward. So, uh, wow! Thanks to Judge Augustus B. Woodward, we have the legacy of of uh, Woodward Avenue um, again, which is official designation is Michigan Highway M1. Interesting. Thank you. Yeah, I, I never knew that either, and I lived in Detroit. So, <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I you know this year will be my first time to experience Woodward. It, it has always either been very close to or right on top of the. Pebble Beach Concours, Monterey Historic Races that happen in California. 
Um, right. and, and that's always been sort of my focus for my previous affiliations. Um, so this year is going to be my, my first time experience Woodward um, in person. Uh, I've had a lot of friends in the in the automotive world have been very much involved with, with Woodward over the years. So I've got a pretty good understanding of, of what it's all about. And obviously being a legacy event, you, you read a lot about it over the years. But um well, it's it's big. Yeah, it's it, huge. Yeah, and yeah. and and I've got a feeling with the pent up demand from the fact that it wasn't officially run last year, you're probably going to see a whole lot more cars this year. I, I think you're right. I think I think we're all in that. Um, you know, we've got the desire to sort of go out and, and and enjoy and participate. So I think there is that, as you say, that 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 pent up you know demand or need to go out and. Uh, um, do what we all enjoy, and obviously in in the car world, there's a lot of them out there that are they're looking forward to it. Yes, yeah. Well, what else have we missed that you'd like to say to us about your whole campus and uh, your whole business? No, I think for the most part, I certainly appreciate the opportunity to be able to sort of you know share with your listeners, you know, all about M1 Concourse. You know, it's. Um, you know, there are a number of these private your tracks around the, you know, the country. Yeah. Um, we all do it slightly differently, um, uh, but there's there's obviously a, a demand for, for this type of facility for people to be able to go out and, and drive, uh, you know, drive their cars, you know, in a somewhat private in- environment. Um, we've, we've got garage condos on our track. Some of them have sort of residences. You know, there's one down in, in Miami called the Concord Club, which is relatively new on the on the West Coast, Thermal, just outside Palm Springs, and um, uh, the Apex, you know, just, just outside Phoenix. Um, and I think, you know, in this area, so the Audubon Club. So, you know, we all do it slightly differently. We're just looking at, at M1 Concourse to, um, you know, really, you know, provide a, a spectacular opportunity for our garage owners and our members, uh, but then also have a, a public-facing opportunity, um, which I think we're going to be fortunate to do because we are somewhat close proximity to, um, you know, sort of, uh, you know, the sort of the Detroit area. We're not, you know, mo- most racetracks are, are built, you know, a long way out, um, you know, for whatever reason, the availability of land, and, and we're very fortunate that this particular property got developed you know, for this facility and, and we are in. I think most of our our garage condo owners, you know, live within 35 minutes, you know, of the facility. So, Tim, if, uh, if Steve wanted to come up and show off his Maxwell and how fast it'll go downhill, does he need to call and make an appointment with you? Or <laughs> the, the, the answer is, is, is yes. Uh, we, we probably have to get put him through tech inspection just to, to see. Uh... You mean I have to have brakes? <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought you just used your foot. <laughs> yeah, you do. Flint, Fred Flintstone. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not so much going going down the straight. It's the stopping and turning at the edge. You want to make sure that you're good for. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it's we have two of these in in Atlanta, but I don't think they're as developed as as you uh, are. Yeah. They don't have the big meeting building and all of this kind yeah. of stuff. And yeah. I can see this becoming more of a of a trend around as rules and laws and stuff. Uh, you know, try to try to try to stop this stuff. I think it's a very very good idea. Just off the top of your head. What what would a uh, you know approximately would one of the condos sell for? I'm just curious more than anything. 
So, uh, 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 again, I, I didn't catch all of the early part of the question, it, it, and, and sorry for the, for the connectivity, but I think you're asking about the, the, the pricing. So, yeah, the founders yeah. and size, you know, sort of range. Um, the, the ones that, that we have, you know, still available, uh, they're in the, they start in the sort of the 600 square foot range. Um, and some people, you know, will end up acquiring, you know, two or even three to be able to scale it up. Um, and, you know, pricing wise, they're in the sort of $175,000 range. That provides them with a, they, they take possession of what is a, a finished um, sort of shell building in the sense that all the walls are finished, there's power, there's electricity um, inside, and then they have the opportunity to sort of bring in and do, you know, whatever build out they're looking to do inside with, you know, car lifts or mezzanines or, or, or the other sort of comforts that some of them like to, you know, add to these places. And that's, on our website, cool. there's some, some pictures of some of the, the build-outs that we've been able to sort of make public. And, and you'll see they've got, you know, very creative with uh, sort of the, not only the, how many cars that they can fit in there, but, but all the, uh, the sort of the, the accommodations and, and the comforts that some people, you know, want to make their, turn their garages into. And most of them um, open up onto, have a track-facing view, good number of them, and uh, they have this, you know, sort of roll-up door window uh, so they can actually sort of, you know, see, uh, you know, track whatever's going on on the track, you know, from uh, their structure itself. And for those that, that aren't track-facing, we've got, we're going to be having um, sort of close-circuit feeds from the camera so they don't miss out on anything. Wow. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Sounds great. It yeah. does. It sounds fun. I, if I could only get my wife to approve for one. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think that's amazing what you've all put together in, in a short period of time. It sounds like you you could add one more word to American Speed Festival and call it American Speed Festival Overdrive, because with the chaparrals coming and the, I mean, how often does anyone get to see one of those run yeah. anymore? No, you don't. No, not very often out. I mean, they do. Um, uh, I mean, obviously they're on display at, at, at what's called the sort of Petroleum Museum down in Midland, Texas, that has the chaparral gallery. <clears throat> Um, and, and they do run the cars. All the cars in the museum run. They, they I think, on a monthly basis, um, Kathy Shannon, who's the executive director down there, they have a team, uh, and the cars are demonstrated. Um, you know, for, so anybody has the opportunity or you can get themselves to Midland, Texas, you know, you can see uh, Jim Hall's story and the Chaparral cars in person. But for them to sort of come out to events, there, it, it, it's very rare. Um, and we're certainly excited about the opportunity to, to have some of them at American Speed Festival, along with uh, you know, Jim Hall himself, um, who's obviously legendary in, in the automotive and motorsports world, and to be able to see the cars demonstrated on the track. That's going to be exciting. Yes. By, by the way, Midland is just south of Lubbock, Texas. Uh, that's yeah. That's where I'm from, and no Midland, ah, Midland, go. Odessa, very well. As a matter of fact, yeah. I was trying to get there this past summer, obviously with sort of travel restrictions, and uh, uh, we did. Uh, my my wife and I did some museum trips during the, the summer, where we could obviously to help support museums. Yeah, we got to go. We went to the Henry Ford. It's the Simeo Museum in Philadelphia, uh, the Audrain up in uh, Newport, Rhode Island, and then the Newport Car Museum, which is close by. And uh, we went to uh, Al Anser's Museum down in, in Albuquerque. Uh, that was actually a, 
uh, when I was living in, in Scottsdale, Arizona. That was a, a, a nice drive. It also gave us the opportunity to do some of those uh, the Route 66 opportunities. But uh, we, uh, for whatever reason, just couldn't get the timing to, to go to Midland. So, yeah, well, it's <laughs> Rattlesnake Raceway, I believe, is still operational is there. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's where they run the cars, isn't it, Tim? I believe that is the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that's that's just an incredible operation. Um, Woodward Dream Show, 19th to the 21st, go over again what you're going to have at your facility, because I know a lot of people from Atlanta head up there, and I'd like to okay. tell them. So, so, so Thursday night, um, people have the opportunity to, uh, to come to M1 Concours. Uh, those with display cars will have the opportunity to drive the M1 circuit. Okay. Um, and then in the evening, um, you know, there will be a um, sort of a, a gathering event in the evening. On Friday and Saturday, um, you know, there will be sort of the, the the feature cars that we will have at the circuit. I mean, at the track. Uh, in addition to uh, the extended opportunity for for you know car clubs to bring some of their feature cars out, um, and those cars will surround. Um, the track, so it lends itself with the, the cars sitting on grass for people to be able to circulate around on the on the circuits itself. Um, we are going to do a, a Friday evening activity. You know, obviously, you know, there's a lot of activity on Woodward Avenue you know, on the days leading up to the weekends, but we're going to do a Friday evening activity at the circuit. Um, and then uh, on Saturday is, is going to be, you know, our big show, and obviously that's the big, you know, cruise day on Woodward Avenue. Yes, yeah. Okay. Tim, I want to thank you for coming on today and uh, offer that if you have information that you need to get, you know, we need to uh, put out for you, be glad to uh, just give us a holler, and uh, we'll be glad to make announcements if you want us to. And uh, we do appreciate very much you being a part of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio today. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Tim. It's been yeah. very well, thank you. enlightening. Yeah, thank you again. We really appreciate the opportunity yeah. to sort of share our story with your listeners. Thank you. Excellent. We'll be back next week with more on the Classic Car Show. And uh, always got great guests. And Jim and Steve, appreciate what you all do. And we will see you all next week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.